Jamie Anderson said, Grief, I've learned, is really just love. It's all the love you want to give, but cannot. All of that unspent love gathers in the corners of your eyes, the lump in your throat, and in the hollow part of your chest. Grief is just love with no place to go. Hello and welcome back to another episode. It is the queen of procrastination herself, Jess. I hope you're having a wonderful day. And if you're not, I hope I can provide some comfort and relief to whatever chaos may be surrounding you. Here at the Dark Moments Podcast, we take a moment of peace to chisel away at ourselves so that we can heal and grow. I am so very relieved to be writing again and I cannot tell you how much this truly helps me and keeps my mind sound. I've been struggling a lot lately, and it has made it extremely hard to want to sit down and talk about this. But every day I experience something that makes me want to write more and keep going. I have found a pretty stable work-life balance, and am finally able to give this the attention it needs. Something I was worried was not going to happen. However, this episode is a week overdue, and I can only blame myself for letting it once again fall behind. Also, I'm not used to keeping up with something, (laughs) so I'm really trying to expand and broaden my horizons to give this everything that it needs. Even though I changed the name of the podcast, this is still so much to do with my mother and the influence she had on my life, an influence I work at every day to shake off and cleanse myself of. I've been experiencing bad dreams again, splits in my personality, intrusive thoughts, and grief. So much grief. And that is where I want to take today's episode. We are going to focus on the grieving process, many experience in letting go of the old self that we once knew in order to progress forward into who we are supposed to be, and most importantly, who we want to be, as well as the grieving process of leaving someone behind. Grief comes in many forms and we handle it in many different ways. Some choose to never confront the grief, while some, unfortunately, never stop facing it. One thing I had to come to understand with grief is that it can lay dormant for years on end and come out roaring its ugly head at the most inconvenient time possible. 
I know that I have collected so much grief just in the last three years alone that it feels like I am being weighed down by cement blocks on my feet. A lifetime of collecting grief and not knowing how to even begin to handle it can make you feel like there is no light at the end of the tunnel. When you do not know how to handle it, you let it bleed into your life and your behaviors. It slowly starts spreading like a cancer, and before you know it, you're blindly running through life, treating everything and everyone around you as if they are your unresolved pain. I know I have done that, and it's a painful realization. Of course, nobody wants to admit that they've done wrong, but there's a difference in being able to admit wrongs than entirely deny them altogether. While I have taken accountability for how I was, and still sometimes can be, there are so many out there who refuse to accept that they are the issue. People like that are the reason we are here. The reason I am writing. Because those people in our lives made us feel like we are the issue. Understanding one's grief can feel heavy and uncomfortable, because it is heavy and uncomfortable. Grief is the love that built up without any escape or outlet to be released. It's the love we can no longer give the person who once was the recipient of it in the first place. Letting go and grieving the loss of a parent is more of a burden than I ever wanted to carry. I grew up thinking I would never be without my mother, and here I am. Just like everyone heals differently, everyone grieves differently. I've learned for myself, I grieve by picturing my mother and seeing her as I wished things had been. When I am facing that heavy and familiar void that is the result of her, I like to imagine that things are better. It doesn't change what happened, but it allows me to replace the trauma with a better emotion. I give the energy that is the grief a home to rest. I can always tell when it starts to get bad, because I will feel angry for no reason at all. Out of nowhere, I begin to feel confused and scared. I realize that this is my inner child again screaming at me to pay attention to her. When I sit down with her and see what's wrong, it reveals something in the past that once stirred up these emotions. I listen to myself, and I see what I need in that moment. If you listen to episode 9, you'll also know that this is commonly referred to as an emotional flashback. You treat it one and the same. You have to listen to yourself and what is being demanded of you. Because you're in control now. You're listening to yourself and giving yourself the tools to let out the emotion and understand why you're feeling this way. I'm not perfect at it, but I am getting much better. Much better at recognizing the patterns and attempting to bring myself out of those moments. One thing I never saw was my mother grieve. She would always act like nothing bothered her, unless it was visible anger. 
If anything upsetting happened in her life or around her, she would write it off as if she felt nothing. I used to admire this, but when I realized that she took out all of her untouched grief in her life out on others, I realized it was okay to grieve. It's okay to feel, to express pain, to drown in all of your pain, to cry, to entirely let ourselves fall into the abyss that is our own emotions. It's okay to do all of that, as long as you bring yourself back. Allowing yourself to grieve is absolutely essential for a peaceful mind. When I start to fall into that abyss, it's so easy to stay there. It's easy to swim in the despair of the past and sink into it like a warm blanket. But it's all about being aware that you're there and that it is not the present. That's where you allow yourself to heal. You observe the emotions and allow them to pass by you instead of pass through you. I spent several years working in the massage industry, and even though my work was strictly paperwork and data entry, I learned so much about the body and the impact that our emotions have on our muscles. Did you know that we store all of our emotional trauma in our hips? Because I grew up as an athlete, I had to take care of my body. Even though I did not do the best job, I at least got massages whenever I could. That ended up in me getting a job in the industry after I finished competing. It was there that I began getting regular sports therapy massages. I noticed in my sessions that I would start having these emotional flashbacks when the therapist reached my lower back or my hips. I learned that this was because we store all of our emotional trauma in our hips, and when we work out those muscles, the emotions stored can also release. Once I learned this, I made massage therapy an essential part of my healing journey. I still do not get as many as I need, but I do my best to get them when I can. In the six years I spent working in the industry, I met and connected with so many people all over the world. My job was to ensure the client was well-informed of what the session would entail and also make them comfortable and feel safe. That has always been my biggest priority with others. It's no wonder I stayed so long working there. The most common trend that I came across was the fact that so many people who want a massage are not comfortable with being touched. Now, I worked for a professional, medical-coded massage clinic. There were extensive measures that were taken to ensure the discretion and dignity of the clients. From proper draping to thorough medical health history checks, so many people came in almost fearful of it being a massage where other things could happen. Now, I'm sure you're wondering why I'm bringing all of this up. Well, I am more just trying to inform you that if you are struggling with emotional pain and trauma, but are uncomfortable with the idea of a massage, 
but there are places you can go to get real relief and people who genuinely want to know what you need and help you that won't leave you scarred. Massage therapy helped me understand my body and what it needed, what I needed. I've had therapeutic massages performed by energy workers that made me sob into the face cradle. I've had sports therapy massages where I have had a hip stretch take me back to when I was a child, grieving we were moving states away from my grandparents. Massage therapy and stretching, along with yoga, I feel are absolutely necessary for healing emotional trauma. If we allow our bodies to rest, our minds can rest. Some of us spend so much time caught up in fight mode, we've never experienced what it could be like to breathe without tension. I remember in the height of my ice skating career, I had this one yoga instructor named Nancy. She was the sweetest, calmest, and most sound woman I have met to this day. She was the first person to ever make me feel entirely at peace with myself just by her technique and voice alone. There are so many people who have impacted my life by healing in some way or another, either by touch or lessons. That is all I am. I am a woman who is made up of experiences and lessons, and I take it all with me. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I still have no idea what I am doing, but I know what I want. I want to help heal myself and others, and pass on what has been given to me. It's not fair that so many people get away with treating others so badly, while the good ones and the honest ones are usually the ones who are the targets. I do my best every day to be better than I was before. And if I do wrong, well then, I do my best to make it right. With grief, we can hold on to something that no longer serves us any purpose. With yoga, stretching, meditation, and mindfulness in general, we can grieve and let it go before it causes us to get sick. I think the hardest part of letting go is knowing that it will never be the same. But what helps is knowing that if things were the same, then I would not be here today. When a loved one causes you grief and puts you in a situation where you are forced to leave, no one is prepared for that. And that's where the grief comes from. It's the response to that source being taken away from you that shocks your emotional state into oblivion. We aren't supposed to feel abandoned by our parents. Therefore, this causes extreme pain and frustration because... What do we do now? I'm just supposed to move on from this? What about my mom? She's just okay with this? A downward spiral of confusion and doubt. And I know there are a lot of you listening who are still under the influence of your narcissist. And I also know there are a lot of you 
who have since lost your narcissist and did not understand what they were until they were long gone, which can create a whole new level of grief and being stuck with so many questions. It saddens me to know just how many of you are out there still dealing with them and having to bite your tongue or turn a cheek to their behavior. It has nothing to do with being strong enough to fight back, but everything to do with being true to yourself and knowing that it is not your fault that they are treating you this way. Some of you reached out to me and expressed how I was able to help you stand up to your narcissist, which is so wonderful, but I know that isn't the case for everyone. Trust me, if it wasn't for my mother going crazy and genuinely flying off the handles, I probably never would have been able to fully detach myself from it or even see it for how bad it actually was. If I had given you the courage to stand up for yourself and you were able to take the reins, I am so deeply happy and absolutely proud of you. That is all I could genuinely ask for out of this. Helping you and spreading awareness to this is the entire goal of the podcast now. My heart breaks for those of you who have spent your whole life surrounded by their burden just to find out long after it's too late that they were who they were. My heart breaks for those who have to watch loved ones be burdened by this and not be able to do anything to change it. Not every situation can be solved by confronting the narcissist. In my case, leaving it behind was the only option to my freedom. If you are someone who was dealt the unfortunate hand of not seeing who they were until long after they were gone, then I want you to know that it is not too late. You can still grieve and live life now. Give yourself all of the love that was denied from you because you were made to feel unworthy of it. Whether you're 13, 31, or 66, You have a life to live without them controlling it. The most important thing about that is understanding they do not control you. And even if you feel like they do, remember, they are not you. They are not your mind, your subconscious, your soul. No, only you are that. Even though they have worked so hard to instill in you that they are everything you need to be and that you are of them, you're not. You are your own beautiful being made for light and happiness. Nobody is made to suffer. and No one is made to feel grief. Grief is the price we pay for surviving what we thought would kill us. And the reward for surviving your grief is a peace that not many know. Let's go back to where I mentioned it is okay to feel. If you have lived most of your life in this influence, it is okay to feel angry and grieve the time you spent there. It wasn't supposed to be that way. And 
I know all you want to do is be able to change it. But we can't change it. We can only progress forward in a way that is more desirable to our souls. We can choose to stay there in the wake of the anger that is caused from what our influence did, but wouldn't that make us one and the same as our influence? We have to choose to leave the anger in our grief and be better than what was done to us. Like I said, it's okay to go there, to feel the pain as it washes back up into our mind, but what matters is bringing ourselves out. When I first started this podcast, I had someone reach out to me and ask if I would ever do an episode where I covered what it was like to be the black sheep or scapegoat child rather than the golden child. I think about that message often, and I have sat on bringing anything up about that topic because I was an only child in my household growing up. Most of you know my sisters are 17 plus years older than me, so my only immediate experience is being the typical golden child. Whereas my sisters were already living their own life by the time I could say my ABCs. However, even though I do not have personal experience with being the scapegoat, I can say that based on the things I have gathered while studying behaviors and learning about dark psychology and how it works, I would say that being deemed a scapegoat can come from many factors. Now, there are several times I've seen people who were labeled as this, but if you look closely at the situation, you can still find those imperfections in that person's life that it could have led them to feeling as if they are as such. Take the example of the preacher's son, generally rebellious to the standards of the family when in reality, that child probably just does not want to be confound to the rulings of their parents. Now, every teenager has the ability to be rebellious. Usually, it is because we feel our parents are too strict and we do not wish to follow the rules. Or, in some cases, maybe a perfectly good kid was born into a family of controlling people who force their ways on their children without even questioning what they want. Anytime I have come across someone that people call a black sheep, I found that they are generally just misunderstood, free-spirited people whose parents could not accept that their child was not a spitting perfect image of them. And guess what? That's not your fault either. Even though we have absolutely no say in our lives being brought into this world, we all have a say in who we are. Now don't get me wrong, there are plenty of people out there who just choose to do bad and rebel and go along their days and not care. But we aren't them, and our stories are not theirs. 
Most definitely, we are not responsible for them or how they choose to be. All we are responsible for is who we are and how we treat others. Our trauma may have done a lot of things to us, but it will no longer depict who we are. We are who we are because we choose to be. You can either be the good that you want to see in the world, or you can follow a path of unforgiving destruction. I choose to be good, even though every single day there's a demon on my shoulder encouraging me that it is okay to be like my mother, that it's okay to hurt others because I myself am hurting. Yes, hurt people hurt people, but hurt people can also heal people because we take our hurt and use it as fuel to help others so that they never feel that way. I will continue to choose good every day because I do not want others to suffer at my hand how I suffered at hers anymore. Wow, another episode on books. And just when I think I can't do it, I prove myself wrong. I always try to prove myself wrong in times of doubt because I am doing my best to not let myself give up anymore. I know I am capable of so many good things, and I know that this is not even close to the end of all the good that I have to give this world. How are you feeling? Has this episode helped you understand yourself and how you feel anymore? I hope this has brought you some relief. I know we all need it. Rest, relief, and relaxation are all essential. I know we probably do not get it nearly as much as we should, but what matters is we are trying. Just by you being here, we are trying together. As I bring this episode to a close, I want you to remember some things that I've mentioned today. Who we are is our choice. Our influence has no part in depicting who we truly are. They may have molded what we have, but we are the artists in our own life. You are your own mind, your own body, and your own soul. Take time with yourself each day and find a grounding to help you feel more present. Remember, we can only control the present and the now. How you feel, act, respond is entirely in your control. How others see, feel, or treat you is not your responsibility. I haven't been the best about keeping up with things but I am still here and present with you. I, myself, am dealing with a daily grieving process, and a lot of the times, I still let things slip through the cracks. You know the drill. Take a deep breath. Breathe with me. Let go of anything you're holding on to right now that you cannot control. 
Control your breath. And remember, you are safe here. I know we do not get that much time together, but I hope you take these moments into your day and allow them to help you, as it helps me. Together, we can overcome the burden that is the narcissistic influence and prevent further damage. Let us spread this awareness as far as we can and pick up those along the way who have fallen down into its grasp. If you would like to stay in touch and keep up with announcements about future episodes, please reach out on my Instagram, Facebook, and even Twitter. Search the Dark Moments Podcast and give me a follow or a like to stay close. Thank you so much for your time today. I genuinely could not do this without you. And wherever you're listening from, I hope I have given you a moment of peace that can ease you into whatever else you have going on around you. Until next time.